Welcome back to 30 Minute Money. It's a podcast that delivers action. I <clears throat> you son of a gun. <laughs> Welcome back to 30 Minute Money. It's a podcast. <laughs> Podcats? Podcats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I swear to God. Buttons. Too many buttons. Well, it's like it's there's a delay now for some reason. So oh. I hit it and nothing happens. Welcome back to 30 Minute Money, the podcast that delivers action-oriented smart money ideas in bite-sized pieces. I'm Scott Fitzgerald at Rockbox Recording and Production. My compadre... Steve Worshing from Focused Wealth Advisors. Hey, Scott. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again, sir. And um, <laughs> I always, I always, it's whenever we do this podcast, it's always like I get the list of what we're going to talk about. And uh, every once in a while, I can make a comment about how you title things. <laughs> and I always just uh, avoiding the rude surprise of mutual fund dividends. That's right. Like, there's a whole comic book that has just appeared <laughs> in my head. With a rude surprise of of mutual fund dividends, but well, I'm my next to financial book is going to be a, a graphic novel. So I, oh, that, perfect! That, that, I think that fits. Yeah, tax man. <laughs> no one That's likes it. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's the villain, actually. <laughs> All right. So what do we got here today? Well, so um, we, it's it's around the end of the year. We'll probably put this up, you know, around the time when this is actually happening. And and so I thought it a timely topic for folks. And that is that um, if, if you hold mutual funds, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of good things that we'll want to talk about. But one of the bad things is you can get surprised with a big tax present at the end of the year, which, you know, which none of us wants to see. And right. it comes in the form of year-end dividends. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. The, um, now, first I should say I love mutual funds. Mutual funds are great. Mutual funds are you know, terrific instruments. Um, they are, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with how mutual funds are put together, they're pooled investments. So instead of going out and buying a bunch of individual stocks and a bunch of individual bonds, you, know, you, go, you put your money into a pool with a whole lot of other investors and you know, they invest the money in the pool. So now you're not talking about a few thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. You're talking about you know, tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. So you could put a little bit of money into a mutual fund and you can get broad diversification you can do it inexpensively. You can get professional management. I mean, there are all kinds of really good things about mutual funds. Um, and there are some downsides. And the, I think the big downside to mutual funds is the issue of dividends, especially at the end of the year. And here's where they come from. Um, under the regulations that create mutual funds, um, there's a rule that says that whatever profits you make, whatever interest you get, whatever trading profits you get, whatever dividends you receive from the things in the portfolio, you have to distribute something like 98% of those by the end of the year. You can't hold them in the portfolio. You have to send them out to the people who own the mutual fund. And typically, mutual funds will do, especially the capital gains one, once at the end of the year, you know, probably in the first two weeks of December. And so... That sets up the situation where if there's been a lot of activity, if there's been buying and selling in the portfolio, then that manager is going to have to distribute all those profits at the end of the year, and you may not be expecting it. So you may think you have your taxes nailed down. You've got a real good idea of where you're going to be and how much is coming in, how much tax you're going to have to pay. And then boop. And then boom. You know, you get this big thing. You get this 1099 in the new year saying, wait a minute, I didn't, you know, I 
what do, what do you mean I made an extra fifteen or twenty thousand dollars? You know, that shows up on your ten forty form, and so that I don't think I'd be upset by that. But um, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, and 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 where it where it can really where it can really be a, a you know an unpleasant surprise. Now you're saying that you probably wouldn't be upset about that because you were probably watching your account go up and up and up through the year. And so, okay, I have to pay a little bit of tax on all this, right? Yeah. But there are other situations, like when the market is really volatile and it goes up a lot and down a lot in a year, the manager may be buying and selling things through the year to take advantage of opportunities, but also to protect the portfolio. If, if, if that manager believes that a bunch of things are, are starting down and they're going to go down, they may sell that, a lot of that, to protect the portfolio. But if, he, but if they sell them at a profit, you're going to have to pay tax at the end of the year. And so you can get into this weird situation where what you had in the account was less at the end of the year than the beginning of the year, but you have to pay tax on all these profits. And a lot of people look at that and say, wait a minute, my account was down. What do you mean I have to, there are no profits. What do you mean profits I have to pay tax on? And it's because of the trading that goes on during the year. So you can get in, you know, and, and if, and if the, the manager had not sold those things, your account might very well be down a lot farther than it was. Mm. But you set up this thing that we, we call phantom income, which is, you know, your account may have gone down a bunch over the course of the year, but then you get this form that says you got to pay tax on all these profits at the end of the year. And that just, you know, that just puts salt in the wound. That yeah. just may, adds insult to injury. Now, if you have money in IRAs, it's no big deal because whatever happens in IRAs, it's, you know, IRAs are a little like Las Vegas. You know, whatever happens in the IRA stays in the IRA. <laughs> doesn't show up in on your 1040 form. Um, but if you have mutual funds in a taxable account, then you can get this. But there, you know, if especially if you have some fairly large positions or positions in which you've got a lot of, of built up capital gains, there are some things that you can do to get around that. And so I just wanted to mention those because if, if you've got a large portfolio and, and you get, you know, you get these unpleasant things at the end of the year, well, there are some things that you can do to sort of head those off. So getting kind of back to more basics, um, dividends, from my understanding, like I, what I learned in school, dividends is when you have, a, you know, you've got a stock and at the end of the year, they say, hey, the company just made, you know, X, Y, Z profits. And yeah. so here's your 25 cents that you won, you know, that you got. That's right. or, sure. you know, obviously, That's right. with the yeah. real investors, they get more net. But, <laughs> but you know, that like it's something that comes out, at, you know, once a year yep. that is based on the performance. So I understand that part of it. Um, when you're talking about mutual funds and that the mutual funds are essentially a long term type of investment. Right. You Typically. get these, you get these mutual funds and you just want it to grow. And, and so I didn't even realize that they, that they did return things like in a way that I thought you only had to pay taxes on it when, if, and when you sell it and sell it at a profit. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, and so you, you, you are correct. You know, a dividend is a distribution of profit. And so if you have a company and the company is profitable and they want to, they, they keep a little bit of that profit in the company to, you know, continue building the company, but then the rest of it they distribute to shareholders. That is, that's a stock dividend, and that's a distribution of the profits. With mutual funds, it's the same thing. Mm. A dividend is just a distribution of profits. And so, um, you know, like I said, you know, under under the regulations, you know, if mutual funds realize those profits, they have to distribute virtually all of them to the shareholders each year that they that they realize them. So it's the same idea. It's just that you know, a company makes money by 
making products and selling them, and a mutual fund makes money by buying and selling stocks or buying and selling securities, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So still distribution of profits. This idea is the same. So there are a couple of ways of, of getting around that. One is um, that you can use exchange-traded funds as opposed to mutual funds. Um, exchange-traded funds are very similar to mutual funds. It's the same basic idea. You have a whole lot of investors pooling all their monies together. But unlike mutual funds, um, most exchange-traded, there are some technical differences, but one of the big things is that most exchange-traded funds are usually index funds. So there's not a lot of buying and selling of, of things in the portfolio going on. Typically, they'll they'll put together a, a package of securities that mimics whatever index they're they're trying to match. And then that's pretty much where it stays. So if they receive dividends from those companies, they have to pass those through. But you're not going to see a whole lot of dividends from buying and selling things. And so one way of sort of heading those off is, is to, you know, maybe reorient some of your portfolio from mutual funds to exchange-traded funds because the dividend rate and the realized, you know, the capital gains dividends on exchange-traded funds tend to be, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the dividend rate on exchange-traded funds tends to be a bit lower than mutual funds. So that's one thing that you can do. Another thing that we that you can do is you can convert those mutual funds to individual securities. And so again, what you're doing is you're curtailing potentially how much buying and selling is going on in the portfolio that you have would have to report on your 1040. So one thing we've talked about before on the on the podcast is direct indexing. So instead of buying for example an S&P 500 index fund, well, we might build a portfolio of individual stocks that mimics the performance of the S&P 500 fund and not buy and sell a whole lot unless we see an opportunity to harvest a tax loss. And so that orientation of looking for losses as opposed to buying and selling stocks for growth, that can save you a bunch of money. And then the, um, the sort of the ninja way that you can try to avoid <clears throat> realizing capital gains on mutual funds is by getting a projection of what those funds are likely to distribute this year. And if it's going to be significant, if it's going to be more than the profit would be of just selling those now, you sell the fund before it declares its dividend, before it goes what we call ex-dividend. Um, and how do you know when that's going to be? Do they sell it, tell you when that's going to happen? Yeah, they usually tell you a bit ahead of time. So anywhere from a couple of weeks to a month or so before they declare it. And most of these funds, again, they, they usually declare right at the end of the year, right in December. So if you start looking around early to mid-November at the mutual funds website, you should be able to see what they project they will distribute this year. And so, you know, I, we've been looking at that now for a couple of weeks. Um and in certain funds, you know, we're, they're, they're projecting that they're going to be distributing 2 to 5% of the value of the fund in dividends. Well, if we've got less than a 5% gain in the portfolio, we might want to sell that out and realize a smaller gain for now and just sit it out. We can either move it to a different fund <clears throat> that's not going to be declaring a dividend. What we'd probably do, actually, is move it to cash, wait until another fund that we would replace it with has declared its dividend and, and then buy in after the dividend. So we avoid that year-end tax thing. Or you can even you can even just sit on the sidelines and then go back into it. You know, you can sell it 
before they declared the dividend, and you can buy it back after they declare the dividend. Um, and if you really want to be safe about it, you'd wait 30 days before, you know, between the buy, the sell and the buy, and then, you know, you can lock in whatever tax effects would be. I would, I would assume that that would have to be just a lot of hoops to jump through. It, it, it would have to be a considerable hit on your taxes, yeah. like a yep. big <clears throat> deal to, to, to bother to go through all that. Yeah, and it is. And so some some funds are more prone to that than others. So part of it is just how familiar you are with your funds. So if you have large company, you know, large company U.S. stock fund, or if you have a utilities fund or something like that, chances are the capital gains are not going to be huge. If you've got an aggressive growth fund or if you've got a small company fund, um, <clears throat> that, that you, you're likely to see more dividends in those because the Price changes of stocks in those portfolio are likely to be bigger, and you know they're 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 swinging for the fences more in those funds than would be a more conservative kind of larger company fund. So, it is it is a bunch of work to keep track of it. But um, you know we do that for clients just because you know we've only got we've got a limited number. You know, it's, and it's a you know not a small number, but it's not huge mm-hmm. number of things across all of our portfolios. So we can we can take care of hundreds of, of clients by looking at two or three dozen funds. And so we can, you know, we know when they're going to be declaring their dividends. We can take a look at it. We can make any adjustments like that. But if you have those in your portfolio, you can do that same thing by looking at the fund's websites. All right. So avoiding the rude surprise, (laughs) what's your 30-minute action item? 30-minute action item is when you get to November uh, and you've got mutual funds in a taxable account, check those websites, see what they're projecting as dividends for that year. Okay. Well, thanks again for watching and listening to 30 Minute Money. Of course, the website is 30minute.money. Steve Wershing appears courtesy of Focused Wealth Advisors, and you can find him on their website and me at rockvox.com. Thanks again for joining us on 30 Minute Money.